A.W. Tozer, so don't start thinking like Banjo, it does great. Uh -huh. <laughs> I had to tell you the truth because Jackie would probably be like, she didn't think of that. She reads this stuff a lot. <laughs> she posted a lot, so that's probably why I'm, I told you the truth. Um, no, here we go. So, there are rare Christians whose very presence incites others to be better Christians. I want to be that rare Christian. Heavenly Father, we just come to you tonight, and Lord. Um, The desire of my heart, God, is that my very presence would be that which causes others to want to know you better. God, I pray that as we look at your word tonight, as I attempt to share these jumbled thoughts that you've placed in my mind and on my heart over the last couple of weeks, Lord, I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit that you'll reach down and that you'll plant seeds in the hearts and in the minds of those who are here. God, I pray that through the power of your conviction that you would draw us to a place where we truly understand what it means to be more. God, help us in a culture that would scream so loud for us to have more, more stuff, more time to do something else, more money. God, help our greatest investment be at your feet. And what we get there, may we deposit into others. Hide me behind your cross as I attempt to speak. And let only the things that you would have said be said. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, so as I was thinking about his quote and then, you know, let's be honest, some of us were reading Live Dead. Like, you know, guys, there are days when I read it and I'm like, I'd probably be a little more useful if I was dead. You know, like I couldn't get offended. I couldn't get mad. When a kid bites me, I couldn't be like, ooh, I don't know if I might stab you. Like, you know, I mean, um, things are hard sometimes. Life is hard. Life isn't fair, in a sense. And um, so reading Live Dead, it really kind of helps. This is the third time that I've, I've gone through it. But it seems like every time I can read, you know, day 11, and I've read day 11, two times already, but it, there's something else that, that sticks out a little more. And, and this time it was day 13 or 14, I can't remember for sure. Chris, do you mind, it's the one about be more. I think it's day 13 or 14. If you'll just flip to it and hold it there for just a second, I might, I might ask you to read something. Um, but so I've been pondering that quote and then just some other thoughts. And as I was, and when I say pondering, it's kind of like, I'm just quiet, and I'm, you know, like, okay, God, why do I keep thinking about these things? Because my attention span is like a kindergartner, so the fact that I would keep thinking about it over and over and over, I've kind of learned now at 32, that's usually when the Lord is trying to teach me something or tell me something, because other things, it's like, oh, I thought about it for nine seconds, and then I don't think about it anymore. Um, and so... Not this past Tuesday, but the Tuesday before at the school, we have a little Bible club in the afternoons. It's called Club 412. And, you know, of all the 
the things they wanted me to talk about, Mr. Ambrose came and he said, hey, hey, Joey, could you, could you talk to the kids about entitlement? And I was like, well, okay, sure. And I'll be really honest with you, okay? When we first went to Frazier, um, the attitude kind of in the neighborhood, if I was to just be really honest, was this. Like, man, why is this white lady, like, trying to come in our school and, like, tell us what to do and how to do things? You know, like, that's, that's really, like, what a parent actually said to me, you know? Um, and in that moment, I kind of walked away thinking, like, man, God... I felt like I was over my head on campus when somebody asked me like a really deep theological question. But in those moments, I can kind of be like, I'm not really sure. <laughs> That's the goodness of God's grace. When she says that to me as a mom, I'm kind of like, well, she's right. I'm what? And I'm here in her school, and we're supposed to help them turn it around. So I'm not really sure what to say. And so as I thought about entitlement, you know, my heart just began to break because I don't think that the kids meant to be, like, entitled-minded. You know? I don't think they were like, I'm going to grow up and expect everybody to give me anything I want all the time. I think somehow, little by little by little, choice by choice by choice, just like this ball, choice by choice by choice, rubber band, rubber band, rubber band, you know, like, that's where they found themselves. That's where they are now. That's where, in a sense, we have a generation of people. Entitlement meaning this. I want to do as little as possible and be accountable to as few as possible, but expect everybody to give me something, but I don't really want to have to do anything. And as I thought about that, and then I was thinking about, you know, day 13 or 14 and be more and, you know, it's scary to me because we live in this culture that is so loud, like all the time, you know, I mean, there are people that's like, and maybe some of you, you're like, well, when I go to sleep, I listen to music. That's awesome. If I try to fall asleep listening to music now at 32, it's like I keep trying to sing the rest of the lyrics in my sleep, but my brain is asleep, so I can't really sleep and I can't really sing. I'm just like, ugh, ugh, like I'm stuck. So then I wake up and I'm never rested, you know? I had a missionary friend one time tell me, he was like, I go to my Bible app and I just let it read to me all night long. You know the little Bible app, man. I don't know if y'all have chosen him, but he's like the grandfather, so he's like, you know, in the beginning, was the word. I can't do that, right? And then it's like, you go outside and, you know, people are talking about this and all these things. And then you turn on the TV and it's all this stuff. And it's always more, more, more. And like, how can you get more but do as little as possible to get it? And so I was thinking about all this. And then I started to think about Jackie's message when she talked about abiding and, and what does that mean? What does it mean to abide in Christ? And as I really begin to ask the Lord specifically, um, what day is it? 13? 14. 14? Day 14, okay. You know, what does it mean to abide in Christ? And, and what does this be more thing mean? You know, like be more, of course. Like be your all. Be all that you can be. Not in the army, but like in God's army. Okay? <laughs> so all those little thoughts are kind of jumbled. And then it was just like out of nowhere, the Spirit just dropped... Um, 
Psalm 46.10 into my heart. And so as I began to think about that scripture, which I know what the scripture says, my dad shared it with me, um, you know, at a very pivotal time in my life one day when we were at the farm. And I was like, Psalm 46.10? He was like, you know what it says, Joey? Okay, side note. I was already in ministry at this point, so I'm assuming that he said that like, yeah, you know that one. And I was like, no, I don't know what it says, Dad. Um, but it's up on the screen. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. And he said, Joey, if you, if you look at the verse, he said just that very first part, be still and know that I am God. He said, if you take away the word God, be still and know that I am. If you take away am, be still and know that I am. So he did that with me, and eventually we got to the very last word, which is what? Be. And he said, you know, Joey, he said, sometimes my worry for you is this. That your heart for, for the lost is so big that you're consumed with thinking you have to do. And I was like, well, yeah, Dad, that's what... Missionaries do. We do things for Jesus, right? But as I was reminded of that and that day and the scripture, and then as I was looking at that, I thought, let me just go see what be still, like what it, what it really means, you know? So I go and I look up, I pull up the Hebrew, the Hebrew, like the word, what it means, what the word still means in Hebrew. And what it's really meaning there is, doesn't mean just to like have no movement, okay? It means to grow downward, okay? To decrease, to descend, to go deeper. And as I thought about that, and I thought about abiding, essentially Jackie helped us to see that abiding in Jesus, right, helps us to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus. And I thought about those things, and then I started, you know, I just had this question, and I, it's like I'm still asking myself, but, but could my dedication to being in God's presence deepen my understanding and my knowledge? And if so, would that deepen my faith in Christ? And if so, would that deepen my courage and my confidence? Because if those things happen, right, if over time, spending more time with him, being with him more, becoming more like him, deepens my faith, and the deepening of my faith gives me more courage and more confidence to share, then the dooming in itself is essentially going to take care of itself, right? Because I'm not going to be sitting in the like, student center like, okay, should I say something? Should I not say something? Do I know enough? Do I not know enough? If so, my being could drastically affect my doing. And I'm also reading 40 Days of Decrease by Alicia Sholey. That was just like a terrible idea. To read Live Dead and then 40 Days of Decrease, it's like slowly decrease to the point of death. That's what I feel like is happening. But it's been really good for me. And it just so happened that on the same day as I read that one, this is what I read. She was making the point about decrease, 
And she says, Roots. Perhaps the most humble of God's creation on earth. They require neither acknowledgement or praise. Their reward is reaped when the living stand upon them and reach for the fruit that their roots have made possible. And immediately it was like, what if the rest of my life I had to be a root system? And you're like, what? Yeah, so was I. Like, what? Like, well, that's a pretty nasty job. But think about it. At the school, this amazing, magical thing happens overnight. It's kind of like some of you probably when you were at home. You went to school, and this magical thing happened during the day while you were at school. Like some fairy came into your room and made your bed and picked up all the stuff. Not like you did on the weekend where you like stuck it all under the bed and were like, Mom, my room's clean. No, like somebody really cleaned it. I try to teach the kids at school that, like, hey, in the lunchroom, like, some magical button doesn't just get pushed and all this stuff gets cleaned up, right? But there's somebody who, like, literally goes behind the scenes and keeps this place looking the way it looks. Essentially, those people are kind of like roots. Nobody ever comes along and is like, hey, thanks for cleaning up the dirt that was on the floor in the lunchroom. You know? It's just like, that's what's expected of them. And what I begin to think and realize about myself is this. It's much easier for me to share my faith than it is for me to just simply be in God's presence. For two reasons. One, because when I'm in His presence, sometimes I can feel convicted. But man, thank you. Thank him that he loves us enough to convict us, to bring us to a place where we're like, okay, we we need to do better. But then two, usually nobody comes along and is like, man, I'm I'm so glad you spent time with the Lord today. Thank you so much for doing that. Like, hey, for some reason, I just knew that you were interceding for me so I would do well on my test today. Thank you so much for doing that. And you know, it's kind of awkward because we're all like, by nature, we're like taught to doubt. So if somebody's like, hey, I made 104 on my final, and I'm like, yeah, I prayed for you. They're like, yeah, whatever. Be honest. You know that's how y'all think. Like, hey guys, pray for me. And then you get your paper back, and you're like, hey, I did really good. And I'm like, I prayed for you. And you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> and so, roots grow down deep. They're not usually seen. We don't really talk about them. But, how frustrating was it this summer when my dad was like, hey, let's like cut this pipe and cut it to where it's underground. So like literally, it was like this much of the pipe was sticking up out of the ground, right, the water line. So he wants to help my brother, and I can't do anything else. They're like painting all that stuff, so I'm like, well, I can rake. You know, that makes a mess, and I can do that. That's really easy. And then you just put the mess back and make a bigger mess. So dad's like sawing the pipe, and then he's like, okay, now move this piece of the ground. So I had to shovel, and I'm like, you know, trying, and I'm like, Dad, it won't move. There's like dirt. And he's like, Give me that shot, Dowdy. You know, like, super bad. I'm like, Okay, sorry, no, you know, cutie So he takes it and he's like, Man, you know, and his face is like as red as my shirt. I'm like, Hold on, Dad. But it was a root system. And I, do y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, you ever in kind of root 
just everywhere. It doesn't matter. And as I started to think about that, it's so frustrating to me because it's like we live in a culture, hear me when I say this, we live in a culture that screams, fruit! All the while we have a Savior that's like, fruit, fruit. To the point that as I thought about this, like it makes me nauseous because I'm like, man, God really would want me to be more. But I don't think he's meaning, Joey, be more. Like, just go from place to place and do this and do that. I think really what he's saying to me and maybe to you is just be with me. Because here's what I, I find this so intriguing, but I almost bet that it has to be true. Because by nature, there's nothing that wants to be kind in me. When the crossing guard, police lady, shoves me in the back, in the back the other day because I'm trying to keep a little kid out of the street. Like, nothing in me wanted to be like, thank you. <laughs> what I really wanted to do was be like, punch you. <laughs> okay? But in my mind, this little train of thought is like, we all know you love Jesus and you tell them every day. Just because someone pushes you doesn't mean you push them back. So it was like, thank you for this little test, Jesus. Right in the middle of a highway. Good. <laughs> so I'm thinking about these things. And perhaps those things that we're supposed to do simply come from the overflow of the places that we've been. Because isn't it interesting to me? I mean, it is to me. It's interesting to me, maybe not to you. I've seen families, matter of fact, some of my family, couples, they've adopted children. Okay, so let me break this down for you. My two, my cousins, okay, they're both not my cousins. That'd be a little strange. You'd be like, ha that's a small town stuff. They didn't marry each other, okay? My cousin got married to a guy. Both of them were Caucasian. They adopted some children who were Hispanic. Those kids look just like them. <laughs> They've had them for like three years now, so at first it was like, oh, you're babysitting. You know, that's what people would assume. <laughs> but now it weirds me out. I'm like, y'all look just like them. Their hair color is different and their eyes are different, but it's like, it's creepy weird. Like, Ethan or Ian, they can sit and like do things. And then I'll see the picture of their dad and I'm like, Oh my word, he's standing the same way. And it's like, what? Or the little girl, she'll do stuff or she'll say things. And I'm like, that's exactly how your mom says that. <laughs> but I think it's simply because of their being. They're just in their presence all the time. And I really feel like that sometimes in this culture, in this era, when the world is like, more, 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 more. Fruit, 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 fruit. The Lord is simply like, just be still. Roots. And so, on the day 13 and 14, what's happening there basically is there's a missionary, he's sharing, he's sharing about, you know, like Paul and um, when Paul is writing to Timothy, and basically... He shares a part there. There's the paragraph, Chris, and it's the, he shared about the guy who he wrote the letter to to 
to say thank you for what he's done in his life. There's a little blurb. And then the guy writes back and he says, be more. You see that little part? Can you read just the little part where he says, I wrote to my friend and... In a recent email exchange with a close friend, I wrote, man, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. He replied simply, be more. So he writes to his friend, apparently something had happened, and he's like, man, when I grow up, like, I, I want to be just like you. And his friend writes back, be more. Okay, well, I take that literally. I'm like, be more. So, like, I'm great. I'll be super great. You know? <laughs> like, I got $100, I'll get 500 You know, like, be more. And then as I look in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, and I see Peter and John, and I see what's happening there. Basically, like, there's ministry happening, okay? And people are kind of like, oh, I'm not so sure. Like, Jesus, like, is this real? Does he really do the things he says he can? And... Listen to what they say in verse 13. They say, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Okay, this is like the Joey translation of that. When they, the people who were questioning, Who is this Jesus? Are his miracles real? Saw the courage of these extra special not really, men, and realized, hey, they're normal, like university students, no doctorates. They were astonished, and they took note. They wrote it down. They put it somewhere to not forget it because they saw that they had been with Jesus. So it wasn't like they did something super outlandish, crazy, it was almost like what A.W. Tozer was talking about. Their very presence caused the people that were around them to be like, hmm, maybe this Jesus guy really is who he says he is. Because these guys, they're just like me, and they're just like you. Man, there's something different about them. And they finish it by saying, the thing that's different about them is simply the fact that They've been with Jesus. So if kids can physically take on traits and characteristics of parents that biologically are not theirs, and we're adopted into his kingdom, and I made his child through the person of Jesus, then very much so, we have the opportunity to have the same kind of grace and the same kind of compassion and the same kind of love and the same kind of forgiveness that Jesus offers to us. So in the midst of all this, I started thinking of a rubber band ball. I have no idea why. Like, it's not like I was like, okay, I played with a rubber band today at school. Nobody had, like, flipped one to anybody. Like, literally, it was just out of nowhere. After I read the thing, I was like, a rubber band ball? What? So now y'all see how, like, ADHD ever they have in my mind. Um... And so as I started thinking about it, finally yesterday I was like, well, let me just ask a question on social media. You know, and that'll, somebody will answer and it'll help me figure this out. So I was, I don't even remember what I said. I was like, if I gave you a rubber band ball, what would you do or something? What was the first thing you would do? And the majority of the people, when I looked at them, said they would bounce it. And a few people said they would take one off and they would shoot it. My brother... Like, I'd pull it up and shoot you in the face. <laughs> That's why I'm terrified, because you're not a dentist. <laughs> I remember my whole mouth shut. 
And then um, one person, let me tell you about this person. Her name is Bobby Moore, and she is like the most creative, artistic person in the world. And she's one of those people, like when she loves you, she loves you, okay? So she sends me like little treats in the mail all the time. Some of the um, scholarship money that like I've done things for you guys with that you didn't know about, she and her husband are the ones that have sent that. And she says, I would cut it. And I'm like, she's kind of like that crazy mad person. Like this Bobby, when she gets mad, she's real crazy. So I'm like, you would cut it? What? <laughs> and then she goes to my Instagram and writes, or maybe it was the opposite way, whatever. And she's like, go watch this video on YouTube. And I'm like, okay. So I went to watch this video on YouTube Okay, how many of you all, if you have, you can tell me, how many of you have, like, cut a rubber band ball open before? Okay, how many of you have seen the video and you know what happens when you cut the rubber band ball? Good! This is, like, my <laughs> first time in life! Most of you are not, like, hard and solid. Um, I was really surprised, okay? Like, it's rubber band, so I'm like, if you cut it, they're just going to be like, boom, and fall apart. And so I want to make this next few points, and then I want us to see this video, and then we're going to wrap up. So we live in this culture that is constantly asking for more. More of us, more of our time, more money. And don't get me wrong, I do believe that Jesus wants us to be going and doing things. Okay? After all, we're called the church for a reason. But I don't think that our doing things should be greater than our being with Him. The Bible talks of people who did all kinds of going and who did all kinds of doing. But he also says that he never knew them. You did all these great things. You cast out demons in my name. You did this stuff. And I don't know you. I think the problem was they didn't have any roots. Because when life happens, things get hard, things come at us. Man, if we're not really rooted, if we're not really dug down deep, it's hard. In college, the university is one of the hardest places to profess your faith in Christ. And here's why. Because so many people at the university want you to be able to give them an answer for every question that they have. And faith is not like that. God, you cannot do that with him. He does some of the craziest things. Total opposite of the way that we would expect him to do it. But he does it out of love. Like, LG Puckett would never be like, sure, put Joey or LG, the fourth, or Wesley on the cross. Because I want to have a relationship with all these other people. He would never do that. So I started, in the midst of all this, thinking to myself, what if I showed up at the school tomorrow and there was no power and there was no food? Because I'll be honest, a lot of our children come to school because it's fun and there's a free meal, two of them, every day. Math, they could really care less. <laughs> Spelling, some of them don't even know how to spell their name. We have third graders, they can't spell their name. We had a kindergartner who didn't even know his name. I was like, hey, what's your name? Big D. I'm like, oh, that's cute. It's like, what's your mom and them call you? What's your name? He didn't know. So I started thinking, man, if I was at school and nothing worked, what's the point? 
if I haven't been with Jesus, because I'm going to look like everybody else. I'm going to be mad, I'm going to be frustrated because this little kid won't sit down. What about on campus? Let's say, just like when I was in Alabama, a tornado rips the whole city apart. And then all of a sudden, those 30,000 people that are supposed to be in class are out having to do things for people. And it's 80-something degrees, and it's hot, and the roads are closed off, and there's no power, and there's no electricity, and people could be fighting over, like, where are they going to plug in their cell phone? But what stood out is those ordinary people who had been with Jesus because they weren't really worried about whether or not their cell phone was plugged in. They just cared more about being close enough to someone to hug them or give them a meal or pray with them or tell them it's going to be okay. And see, here's the thing. I had no idea that she was going to share tonight, but I would bet, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that there's probably been numerous times when she's prayed about the letters she writes. Because it's not like she gets more time than the rest of us to write 13 letters. But I'm sure that some of the very things she shares in the letters are things that God has shared with her when she's just simply spending time with him. Because some of the most powerful things that people have said to me to set me free and enable me to do what I need to do are the very things that God shared with them when they were just simply being with him. The way you begin to make a rubber band ball, and there's a little video, you can go see this, but basically you take the rubber band and you like fold it, okay? So you pull it out straight. This one's kind of too thin to do. Um, but then once you do that, you fold it, okay? And then you fold it again, like as many times as you can. And then after you do that, you take one that's thinner and you just wrap it around it, okay? And then eventually you keep going to where you get like this. But what's interesting to me is that the core of the rubber band, first it's stretched, but then it's folded over. And that's literally what I think happens to us as we're in the presence of the Lord. On those days when I'm like, man, God, did you see what I did today? You see all my fruit? He's like, yeah, did you see what I did with my son? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know? Like, hey, God, did you see, like, did you see how much soup I served today? Like, and he's like, yeah, did you bother to sit down and eat the soup with them? See, I think it's really easy to do all this stuff. But some of you are at Believing on Sunday. Like, man, people don't want to be our projects. People don't want to be our outreach. People want to know that we have a passion to relationally get to know them and to purposely pursue them for the kingdom of Christ, just like I was purposely pursuing, just like you were. It's a terrible feeling to think that somebody's talking to you just because they want to convert you. And let me tell you something, people know the difference. They may not tell you to your face. They may not act like it. But I don't know that debates have ever changed hearts. Because even in all your logic and your knowledge and your ability to explain and to know, the Holy Spirit is the one who draws. And so as I think about that and I think about how, man, I'm grateful for those times that when I'm with the Lord, He does bend me over and He reminds me yet again of how much 
I am in need of Him, His very presence. And then it's as if that bending over allows me to have deeper roots. And in the process of growing those roots, it's like the Holy Spirit wraps me up when I'm convicted. He wraps me up in like God's love and His grace and His mercy and His forgiveness over and over and over again. When in reality, if I was to be honest with you, the grace and the mercy that I've been shown would make the ball so big we wouldn't bring it in the room. But see, that's the things that a lot of times as Christians we don't really want to talk about. We don't want to talk about how many times we've been given grace and we've been given mercy. We want to talk about we served soup, we did this, we did that. When in reality, none of those things without Christ make us able to have relationship with God the Father. So why would we think that it's our serving soup or that it's our building a house or that it's our giving out Jolly Ranchers without Christ would cause somebody to want to be a church, would cause somebody to want to be a Kyle People can give them things all day. Man, at the university, it's like apartment sign-up day. You can get free everything. You can get a whole outfit, you know. Like in Alabama, I used to be like, I've been interested in your apartment. I get a T-shirt. You go the next week, you get sunglasses. You go the next week, you get a pair of shorts. I'm like, boom, I'm set. I don't hit the wash tomorrow. Woo! People will give you stuff. Our generation doesn't want stuff. They can buy their own fruit. They want roots. To be the rare Christian whose presence makes others want to change. I think it comes from the place of being with the Lord in prayer as He bends us to that place where we're on our knees again and we realize how much love and grace and mercy and joy and peace that He's given us. And He just surrounds us with that and as He nourishes us and as our roots grow deeper and deeper in that, then it causes us to be at a place where it's like, ooh, and you can't help but share it. So I want us to watch this video, and then I'm, I'm going to close this.
<laughs> so I, real cool, we're saying to Holly and they're like, hey, we have this app, it's like the pimple popping app. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's all I could think was like, oh, that rubber band ball thing. <laughs> Good. So the cool part to me is this, it's like it takes the saw to all these rubber bands, right? Hello. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so he's cutting it, and I'm like, well, they're just going to fall apart. And then that thing is like, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I'm like, there's probably something in here. So then I like rewind. I'm just super easily intrigued, I guess. You're just dumb enough to be like, there's something to this. So I like rewind, and he cuts it again. And then it was like, okay, I must be missing something really obvious. But I knew, I was like, okay, Lord, I know I'm supposed to get something. And then finally this morning, at like 3.37, I woke up and I was like, oh. You see, it's because when I'm in his presence, that's when my roots are deepened. And that's when I'm surrounded by all of the things that he's given to me. Courage, faith, forgiveness, mercy, compassion. One of the things we, we fasted so far in 40 days of decrease was regret. I have a lot of things I could be regretful about. But it's when I'm with him that he's given me all these things. But then it's when I go out and I do things, because the world is the world, that it cuts at me in such a way that if I've really been with him, all of this stuff, like it starts to fall off and it makes a difference in the lives of other people. But man, what happens the day when I just start thinking, hey, I can do this on my own and there is no cord. If you take the rubber band and you cut it, like, right, there's nothing to it. It's just a piece of like rubber. But it's like I'm surrounded by all those things in my own life, okay? Like most people said, they wanted to do what? They wanted to bounce the ball. To me, it was like, okay, I get it. God doesn't want me just being a person that bounces from church to church because there's some cute boy or some cute girl. God doesn't want me to just be bouncing from social injustice cause to social injustice cause just because I'm doing some really good things. What God really wants is for me to be at a place where he's developing my core. He's constantly surrounding me. He's constantly nourishing me because I'm being with him. And then as I go out and people kind of cut on me and they're like, hey, what makes you different? Hey, tell me, like, why do you think that? Hey, how did you get through that? Oh, you had an eating disorder in high school, Joey? Yeah. Well, how'd you get through that? And then I'm able to say, well, hey, man, it's, it's because I've, I've been with Jesus. Hey, uh, it's because, man, Jesus gave me food when I had enough food to get for myself. And so then it's because of the, the very thing that you share with them that they go home and they're like, what? And then, it's like, Jesus? Hmm. Okay, Jesus, if 
if you're real, I, I need for you to show me some love. And if you're real, like, I really need help on this test. Because if I fill this test, I'm not going to get my financial aid. But their core never begins if my being never happens. Because the world wants fruit while our Savior whispers roots. And the funny thing is this. Hollywood, they want fruit. Because fruit means fame and fame means money. Ordinary people, each one ordinary people that have roots and love Jesus, they share Jesus. And at 32, I can tell you this I did ministry wrong a lot of times. really important for students to have an hour of prayer time every single day. So I would really challenge our student leaders. You need to have that hour. But I became so concerned with the more, which was the hour rather than the being. What did you get out of the hour? That essentially I probably hurt some people. So much so to the point that we were at Kyle's and whatnot in Alabama. I'll never forget this, but I'm so thankful for it. And this is the last story I'll share, and then we're, we're going to close out. But man, it was just like we were at this hard place. And we were trying to get out of the building contract we were in, and you know, like here I am, and I'm this missionary, and I've got to raise this money, like all this pressure's on me, and then i got to pay my home rent, and i got to pay the rent of the building, and like, oh my gosh, there's utilities here, and there's utilities in my apartment, and which one am I going to pay, and maybe I should just let this one go off, and I can sleep at the building, but then I can't take a shower. You know, it's like all this stuff. And I was frustrated. Because here's what I think. And I bet some of you do too. Well, if God calls me to it, I should have fruit. But I really think God calls me to it because he knows me best and he knows that it will cause me to have roots. And without it, I won't have roots. So God's not so concerned with my fruit as much as he is my roots. He's not so concerned with all the stuff I'm doing as much as he is with my being. And I was so frustrated and I'm on the platform and I had paused worship because I had something I needed to share. And it wasn't like, you know, okay, maybe some people have heard God. I just feel like when the Lord is showing me something or the Spirit is like giving me something, it's like my heart's about to like jump out of my chest and I, I'm like, oh, I can't really breathe, okay? I've never like heard the audible voice of God. But as I look back, neither had happened that night. I just wanted to say something. So I get up on the platform and I'm like, you know, we're here to worship. So for those of you who are just like standing with your arms crossed, acting like you don't care, we're worshiping the Lord. Might be a good idea if you care. Right? That's awesome, Pastor Joey. Good job. So loving of you. <laughs> Thump. <laughs> and then I went and I sat down. And after service, 
one of our students came to me and she said, hey, Joey, this is my friend and, and she's atheist. She has a question for you. If ever in life my heart has sank, that was the moment. Like, Because I'll be real honest. She's one of the people I made eye contact with when I said what I said from the platform. And she had her arms crossed. So I took it upon myself to think that I was going to convict her to a place of where she would worship. Because I knew what the Bible said, and I was going to prove her wrong. And she said, hey, why would someone like me want to believe in this God that you have if he expects me to raise my hands when I don't even know the words, nor do I know what they mean? Why would I want to serve a God like that? Because see, my assumption was she'd been to church because we're in the South. Everybody's been to church. Everybody don't want with her grandma, their aunt, their uncle's second cousin. So, like, she just need to figure it out. She just needs to, like, be strong and figure it out and use her brain and know that Jesus is real and she needs to sing a song to him and raise her hands. When in all reality, if I had simply just hushed and not tried to make fruit, but just knelt down in the back, <laughs> and dug some roots and prayed for her. Holy Spirit could have probably done his job. She'd have never been hurt. I'd have never been hurt, humiliated, embarrassed, convicted, crying, about to have a panic attack. I had to call Pastor Lynn. I hate look, I really sinned. <laughs> I might need to like take a week off. And we laugh, but like, Guys, like, she matters <laughs> to the heart of the Lord as much as we do. She matters so much more than my point. She matters so much more than me winning the debate and being right in the argument. She matters so much more than me being able to see the look on the kid's face when they read the letter that I wrote that encourages them. He matters. <laughs> So I want to leave you with this. You can be more. But maybe for the first time in life, let me tell some of you, it doesn't require you to do more. But for those of you who are accustomed to doing more, like me, it's probably going to be a little uncomfortable. Because here's what I know. At the core of who I am, I've lied, I've cheated, I've had things taken from me, I've been manipulative, I've been domineering, I've been intimidating. But man, 
at the core of what Christ doesn't mean, there's just simply grace there. There's simply mercy there. There's forgiveness. There's redemption. There's courage. There's hope. There's joy. There's peace. So I want to leave you with this. You can be more simply by abiding in. You can be more sometimes by doing less. Don't get me wrong. I think you need to do all the things that you do. But if all the things you're doing are causing you to think you don't have enough time to be in His presence, to be in His Word, to be in worship, then let go of some of the doing. Because the doing doesn't make you who you are. Christ endured the cross so that you could have the name that you have and walk in the purpose that He has called you to. But the doing of that purpose isn't accomplished until you know the being in His presence. Because your greatest purpose here is to have relationship with Him. But just like when we cut the ball, if there's all of that Jesus in us, if His character is in us, if we've spent time with Him, if we've been with Him, then man, when the world throws things at us, when it presses on us, there's a video, it's 100,000 pounds of steel, and it's a ball, maybe a little bit bigger than this, and it presses it, and it doesn't break. It just presses it, and then it just comes right back up, and the ball forms right back to its original size. So when the world presses on us, and when the world cuts at us, and those tragic things happen, compassion comes out. When the world is like, you're entitled to being offended. You're entitled to think that way. You're entitled to vote that way. You're entitled to that. When I have a feeling, Jesus probably knows a whole lot more about entitlement than I do. Because see, Jesus knew that I was entitled to a relationship with God the Father. Jesus understood that we were entitled to a relationship with God the Father. So not only did the things that people did to him probably press him, but it's the very sins of Joey that cut him to the core of who he really was. God's son. But when he had a chance to say something to me about the offenses, offenses that I had caused, just simply said, forgive her. She, she didn't know. So tonight our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe tonight this time looks a little different. 
Maybe you're at a place where, you know, the core of, of who you are in Christ has not started yet. And that's okay. Because you've not had that moment when you've professed that Jesus is Lord. And in that moment, it's not about you fully understanding all the things that he's written and that he's said and that he's done. It's simply about you embracing faith, which is courageous enough to say, hey, I don't have all the answers, but I trust. Or maybe you're at a place where you're like, man, I've, I've done this core starting thing like five times, Joey. Five times this semester, like in the last two weeks. <laughs> but you're there again, and you're like, man, I really need to try again. And again, please hear my heart, but I have a feeling that the majority of, of us are at a place where, in a sense, we're afraid of what's at the core of us. So we busy ourselves and we hide ourselves with all of this doing stuff. And at 32, I'll be honest, when I look in the mirror, I don't really worry so much about how skinny I am anymore. Or if every little hair is in place. But at 32, when I look in the mirror, the reality hits me, and the reality is this. If I like what I see internally, Praise the Lord. Man, if I don't, <laughs> you still. But man, God, I could I could go and I could do this thing with all these kids and like for two hours and then and then there's all this noise. And there's all these smiles and there's all this stuff happening and there's all this fruit and I feel so much better. But then it's 9.30 and I'm at home and I live alone and there's the mirror and here's me. Oh, but I'll, I'll read that later. Like, so-and-so just called and they texted and they're going to do this. So I know I need to be here, but man, this really stinks and I don't really want to be still. So I'm going to go with them and I'm going to do this with them because I'm a Christian and I need to go because they need to see me and they should know that I can come and I can have fun. But then it's 12.30 and and I'm at home, and there's the mirror, and there's me, and I'm alone. Okay, I'm tired, I'll just go to bed. And then I wake up, and there's still the mirror, and there's still me. So tonight, no one's looking around. If you would say, hey, Man, Joey, maybe it's that I am just being stretched too thin. Maybe I've got too many things going on. And I really need the Lord, through the power of His Holy Spirit, to help me to know like, what, what to lay down and, and what to continue to carry. Or man, Joey, I'm bouncing from commitment to commitment, trying to find some validation so that I can think that I'm worth it, so that I can then look at the cross and say, yeah, He did it for me. Instead of just simply being and knowing 
Maybe you're at the place where you're hiding from your place of being. Because there's some ugly stuff there. Or maybe you're at the place where you need to just let the Lord redo the core in your life again and say, Jesus, I'm so sorry and I need you again. So if on any of those accounts, if that's you tonight, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Jackie, if you would come, she's going to just strum maybe something on the guitar.